The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP. 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and I'm uh, running, uh, uh, helping the run the program. No, what am I doing? I'm <laughs> I'm hosting the program tonight. Well, know. yeah, yeah, I'm getting lost all of a sudden. Um, I'm I'm hosting tonight. I'm joined by uh, Stacy Cooney running the board and Sue Timberlake, uh, as usual. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, the 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 person who has the closest to a perfect attendance uh, uh, of every episode of the show. <laughs> You missed, like, two of them. I don't take many vacations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a workaholic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about the politics and the stuff. We do like to hear from our listeners, though. Uh, so you can get in touch with us in a few different ways. You can uh, email us at civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Uh, tweet at us at civilpoliticsfm. Or on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio, which is our community. Uh, we do also have our own website, civilpoliticsradio.com, which has recordings of previous episodes, uh, links to things we talk about, the odd supplemental episode that we do, cool stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Aren't you glad you're not in England? <laughs> I am, actually. Um, and I don't usually say that, but what... Uh... I, I'd love to go back do, and visit do you, England. Do you want to eat a bit of crow, madam? Yes. <laughs> Who, just, me? Just saying. Oh, no, no, I don't mind that they're going to crash out, but I wouldn't want to live there right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but you, you kept insisting that she was going to get her way. Plan. I know, I owe Mike oh. some money Yeah, you, I you doubled down like three, four times. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm just, like I'm just 10, saying. 10,274, what's the... <laughs> uh, I, two to the tenth I or think something. It, I, I, I think we were up to... Two dollars a double or nothing, I think was what you said. So. Yeah, eight four somewhere in that range. Yeah, and she she might introduce it one more time. Who knows? Yeah. Well, and of course, if Let that was snake eyes ride, yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah, yeah I. Uh... Well, as it currently stands, in a week, the the UK will uh, be leaving the European Union at. Uh, uh, I believe it'll be 6 p.m. our time. Yeah, 4:12. It'll, it'll it'll take it'll take effect. And uh, April 12th. There's there's the possibility that uh, 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 Theresa May's asked for another extension. It's possible that she'll get one till I think it was June 20th. 30th. 30th. Just before the new session of the the next session of the European Parliament would actually start, so that um, uh, Britain wouldn't have to like put any new members in there or anything like that you know but that's like the absolute last last moment they can they can be out or that they can leave without having to start fielding candidates to sit in the european parliament for the upcoming term i guess that's better than may day <laughs> i guess it it's just i'm 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 just so I've been paying some attention to to Brexit, uh, in part because there's a a, a British uh, chat show host who I'm 
uh, become uh, a huge fan of named James O'Brien. And uh, he's very calm and reasonable. And he's uh, and he's been, you know, gone, gone back and checked out, you know, recordings of his show over the past few years. And he's been saying all along, like, the European Union is far from perfect, but uh, we're part of it. And the reasons why people say they want to leave, you know, we want more control over whatever, you know, because, you know, uh, the European Union basically says jump and we have to say how high. He's like, that's not true. We're an important part of it. You know, we have control over how the European uh, Union laws get implemented and and all kinds of stuff. And not controlling interests, but some votes. Well, and and the ability to stop a bunch of things. Because um, what is it? Um, stockholder that has more than fifty percent is a very, you know, is in a very different position than somebody that has has twenty percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it's. Absolutely, Night and day. but well, absolutely. Uh, uh, but no one else has fifty percent either. And therein lies the problem. That well, the, the, yes. I, depending ahead. on your perspective, yeah. But you know, well, you're I think that the, you like no, anarchy. I, 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 w- I would agree with Sue that it is it is a feature of it, which is therefore means it's also a bug, right? You know, it's like oh, a fault and a feature. It's just <laughs> like in the United States. Uh, a country we all three of us know and love, despite itself. And um, our citizens um, of, I think. The last yeah, time yeah. <laughs> but you know, some par- days. Part of part of uh, a feature of our uh, governmental system is at the federal level. There's three branches. The power is divided amongst, and not all power. And the federal government doesn't have all the power. There's a bunch of stuff that is specifically reserved to the states, um, which means that uh, when you have terrible mismanagement at the federal level the states can can act as a buffer and uh and and when you have like terrible oppression at the state level like jim crow laws for example the federal government can come in as a corrective so like there are tremendous advantages to that uh i think we can also see that there are huge problems that can come can you say gridlock (laughs) gridlock and also well you know uh there's a reason why the jim crow laws lasted so long because mm-hmm. until you basically had the Kennedy administration willing to to start taking them on, I guess really it started under Eisenhower. But like until you get you know this this sea change at the federal level, you know Alabama and Georgia or whatever get to keep rolling on with uh, there's a reason that now and the uh, phrase states' rights is often considered a dog whistle. Yes, exactly. So so all, so going it back is to, with abortion too, right? Mm-hmm. And so. There are big things that are, there are real strengths to that system and also real drawbacks. And they're, they come from the same thing. They, the strengths are the weaknesses. And I'd say the same thing is true of the European Union. But I think that, you know, I find it hilarious that the country that has already gotten concessions when it first became a part of the Union, I mean... You mean like keeping their own currency? Yes. It's a huge one. Yeah. Which is a ginormous concession that was made to them well, I think that they they're the leave. ones who yeah. have said oh no we don't we don't want to stay it's just it's it's it flabbergasts me it, it really does seem to come down to the uh the there's a segment of the of the the british political class that want to get all the benefits of being part of the european union in terms of like economic uh, access and 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 you know low cost trade and so customs, forth. Customs, yep, yeah, they they like the benefits of a customs union, but they don't actually want to have to deal with all the crap that goes with it. Which means you also have to like other people can trade with you, and you have to like go along with 
the crowd and you may think this is a great idea and then five other countries don't and so it doesn't happen or you have to persuade them you know like it's it's the it's the draw they want to get rid of the 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 features that also are bugs they want to just keep the feature part and get rid of the bug doesn't part. everyone want all the money and none of the risk absolutely <laughs> I do. All of the reward and none of the risk. Yes, but a lot of those things are things like xenophobia, because one of the big problems that that they have is, oh, there's too many Polish in the country taking all of the low-paying jobs, and there's nothing we can do about that. He said said we're full, didn't he? Yeah, we're full. Yeah, and and the, the, you know... I don't know if you happen to catch that. I did not, because (laughs) I try not to pay attention to anything that was a remarkable comment for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the Republican president says. I don't blame you. And uh you know the, the UKIP people, the people who were running the leave campaign, some of them said similar things. Uh, there was a, a, a an infamous billboard uh about uh breaking uh, called I think the breaking point with Nigel Farage on it and so forth. But e- even aside from that, I think I think in the UK we're seeing something similar to what we see here in the US which is that there are a bunch of uh, uh, rich crap weasels, uh, you know. There's no name calling. Kind of like me, um, only maybe richer, um, who basically see an opportunity to line their own pockets if they can just... uh, uh, (gasps) Profiteering? Yeah, well, exactly. If If they can wrench things onto the way they want... And a great way to get political power in a democracy is to rile people up. So right. racist it's, dog whistles. It's it's all about and the Muslims. It's the Muslims. Oh God! Political. Watch out for the and Muslims. Economic oligarchs who understand how crowds work. How crowds work. <laughs> yeah. And this isn't about you know democracy. This is about people having pushed people into certain perspectives that they would never have pushed for had the people at the top not seen dollar signs or pound signs or whatever you want to say. Kruger ads. <laughs> so since we have a historian here, I was just going to ask this question because I'm not a history person. But so, I've only got a master's degree. I'm not sure I'm a real so, historian. <laughs> so how would you fit in? I've the... only got a BA, but I'll match myself against uh, a lot of historians. Oh, I bet. I bet. Um, yeah. Um, Stacy's our favorite autodidact yeah she she is amazing anyway um so here's the dumb question cool um the american revolution yeah Mm -hmm. was it fraught by the same things absolutely oh yeah sure yeah it absolutely wasn't a populist movement it was absolutely Uh, the rich i mean no i mean which part of the country are you talking about (laughs) right it it depends here in massachusetts it was a populist movement in a lot of ways but down south not nearly as much yeah, and even here, I mean, it was a populist movement that was again nudged the by those Hancock, at the so top who said the ha- John Hancock, Sam Adams, yeah. Yeah. yeah, people who did the merchant insured merchant. Can and, I just give yeah. a fun fact? Since oh, my, of course, my, you know my peeps. <laughs> yeah. Um. So a fun fact is that when we talk about the Boston Tea Party, and you know they're throwing crates of tea into the harbor. Just mm-hmm. like well, the Indians, thing yeah. is, is that of course because again. <laughs> History repeats itself over and over and over again. But the thing about that tea is that it would have actually been tea that had been compressed into bricks. Oh, right. So it would have sunk. Well, no, it's the fact that... Well, it wasn't like big loose leaf tea bags. Exactly. And so 
the amount of tea that they dumped into the harbor was a vast amount of tea because it, one of those bricks like would super concentrated. Yeah, would have, fish one of those bricks would have probably accent? lasted someone potentially a year. Yeah. yeah, like like well, people at home can't can't see, but like I've got a Moleskine notebook here. It's what like like four by six or something. Four by six or something. Yeah, like a. A, like a brick of tea, like this size, maybe like an like an inch thick at most. Two, right. two inches, yeah. Yeah, and it, it may, maybe two. I don't know, but like I think about an inch thick. Two but by like, eight by four. Yeah, you you break off a little bit, and that's what you'd make tea out of. So like this would last could last you a year, certainly six months if you certainly. if you were profligate and if you were if you were you know a a, a family that was kind of trying to get by but wanted some tea you know this could this could last. Is that why Stellwagen Bank has such good codfish because they like that? Tea? Oh yeah, uh, 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 clearly. I mean, you know, <laughs> the tea is still dissolving now. Yes, <laughs> that's they're well, the now most they're, they're the most off. <laughs> they're the most cultured cod out there. <laughs> but yeah, so one that's little why it fin was... is sort of stuck up in the air. <laughs> but that why is that's why it was so much of a big deal. Yeah, it's that it wasn't just you know some tea. It was you know. It was millions of pounds of tea. Yeah, yeah. Pounds in the sense of dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah, like like it was like forty chests of tea, but each each chest was the equivalent of 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 like you know a hundred thousand dollars, like a crap load of money. Yeah, yeah. At the time, so I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I figure a lot of people don't. So that's my fun fact for tonight. So the American Revolution is uh, similar, I guess, is the way you guys are saying, or had some of the same. It certainly wasn't completely altruistic. Let's put it that way. It was not some sort of benevolent, we want to be better. But didn't those guys give up a lot? Some of them did. And the American Revolution is a a big and and complicated thing. Um, uh, You know, for example, like I just wanted to mention because, you know, Stacey was like, it's not a popular movement. And I'm like, well, it was depending on where you were, like in New England, you know. Out near Boston, much more so than, say, you know, in North Carolina. But though all the colonies did go along. But one reason why it was more of a populist movement here in Massachusetts, uh, or Connecticut, say, um, is that in, say, Georgia, a big part of the populace were enslaved people who have been, uh, you know, forcibly kidnapped from Africa and and sold into bondage. Oh, so if you're going popular, you have to count those folks. I I think so. I don't know. Uh, well, I, think... I may be a historical, but Black Lives Matter. <laughs> so I don't. I, I think that there's an argument to be made that sure there were it, there were populist movements in some places, but beyond even the idea of the slaves, is that there were a lot more loyalists in the South. Oh yeah, because oh, the, the way that the South was set up already by that point was much more favorable to sticking with. You know, the country that we exported all of our cotton to, for instance, Um, you know. And and aside from the, again, we're sort of getting far afield, but like uh, from from contemporary politics. But there's also the issue of like the just the emotional bonds, Mm -hmm. like like the, the, the culture of the time. The, you know, the propaganda of the time, the values of the time really inculcated the idea of like the king is like truly a father figure. And there is an actual genuine emotional bond between you and the king. It's like it's a direct relationship. And that's generational, whereas the EU's only been around for 20 years? Uh, it depends on how you want yeah, to pa- how you on... want to parse yeah. the EU. Yeah. I think it's a formal thing, not more than, yeah, like the 
early 90s, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So it's not like there'd be those. I'm just going right back to Brexit well, and, there's and no, sort of yeah. other parallels. And, and, and there's no one figure in the EU. Like, so you can, th- there are many criticisms. Uh, Stacy, I need you to <laughs> dial it back. <laughs> There are many criticisms that can Who be leveled. Was that Italian prime minister that was so much fun? Berlusconi. <laughs> there are many criticisms that could be leveled against the House of Windsor and Queen Elizabeth II and so forth. I love Queen Elizabeth II as a human being. She, she, she's. You don't she's have, I don't have to dial back anything. She's baller. But the institution <laughs> of the whole royal family and its role in British politics and its, you know, it's the continuation of, you know, a thousand years of hereditary nobility, which is inherently problematic if like us you believe in democracy uh you know like the idea that like no some people are just better and god made them that way it's like no i don't think so but regardless like uh even though i think it's changed a lot from how it used to be there's still i think an emotional connection at least some people have to the idea of the monarchy and like they you know they they like queen elizabeth and the idea that like she's head of state and she doesn't actually like run things but like she's still like you know, an emotion, a person to connect with who embodies the nation. And we don't have that in the same way. Well, I think that, that what I'm trying and to... And the EU definitely doesn't. What yeah, I'm right. trying to say is that, um, you know, I think that there is a weird visceral reaction to those things because I, I'm always fascinated and horrified by, um, you know, the public media and, and seemingly a lot of Americans' obsession with, you know, the princes and who they married and, you know, their kids. Every time they, you know, one of the, uh, you know, women has a child, it's all over our news. Why do we care? I don't care. I literally couldn't they care less. They used to own us. They don't own us anymore. It, it's I, and it, just, it, it makes me very frustrated, but there does seem to be this kind of idea that Anglo- Di- Diana was, was purdy. Yeah, well, so are these two as well, but lots of people are pretty. Yeah, that's true. I thought Julie Andrews might be the mother of our country, but maybe not. Huh? Okay, I could I could get <laughs> okay. behind that. She's also though British. Oh so. right, oops, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what her nationality is. I'm just saying, you know, in the abstract, she, Julie Andrews. Okay, I mean, <laughs> she might be American now, but she was. She's very much British. Yeah. <laughs> and she could swear like a sailor, so she's kind of American. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, she's she's a national treasure, obviously. Um, but she's a, she's a world human treasure. I'm I'm yeah. I'm good with Julie Andrews. I'll fight yeah. you on that, but not that I need to. Showing my um, age. <laughs> maybe we should probably get back to something a little more contemporary, though. But as Brexit, much as I would love to stay in the well, past, well, I, well, trying I, so, to understand Brexit from your well, perspective. Well, all right. So, I look so, at it scientifically. So there's one thing I'm, I'm going to mention and about There's one thing I'm going to mention about the past that I think will help, sort of, uh, maybe help think about this, which is that you should remember when you look back to the late 18th century, as you, we were just doing, and you look at like how the American Revolution came about. It was 13 British colonies decided to go into rebellion. In point of fact, though, there were 26 colonies controlled by Great Britain in the Americas. Right. And the other 13 were like, well, I guess Canada, but like Canada was kind of, Canada might have come with us if we hadn't invaded. So, I mean, like there was some, (laughs) there was, there was an attempt to persuade the Canadians to go along with us. But most of those colonies were like Barbados and Bermuda and, uh, uh, you know, the, I'm drawing, totally drawing a blank on all the names. I'm sorry, Granada. But like... Uh, the Caribbean all, islands. The Caribbean islands that were all uh, heavily, uh, basically uh, coffee plantations with massive slave populations. They right. weren't They weren't 
colonies with slaves. They were slave colonies. Right. You know, like because the because of the population ratio was such that it's just, you know, it's it's a small cr- upper crust of people oppressing vast numbers of others. So the places where people were free and individuals were the ones that rebelled. Well, in part, you know where I'm going with Brexit. Right? <clears throat> well, in part, <laughs> it's because economically, uh even in the even in what became the United States, uh the slave economy uh was not or the slave supported economy was not so central and so dependent upon british military support that they basically and trade well not just trade but also support i mean literally british garrisons Which were on these islands help you yeah you know you to control ma- to maintain control right. because you know there are all these people from africa who don't want to be slaves <laughs> and of course one of the ways that uh, the whole custom of slavery worked in Africa, you know, especially in Western Africa, as I recall, is that uh, a lot of cases, you, if there was some kind of war, your POWs, the enemy soldiers, you'd sell them off as slavery, get rid into of slavery, to get yeah. rid of them because they were potentially dangerous. They were, right. you know, highly trained killers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Send them to America. Who were used to fighting in groups and yes. thus could be a problem. Yes. Well, and I also so, think that... So you can see why, like, British... So, like, you know, Barbados and Grenada and whatever, like, they couldn't just sort of go, meh, in the same way. Like, yeah. like, because like the there sticks... was one slaveholder and, f- and five men in the garrison and hundreds of slaves. Got Something it, like right? that. Yeah, yeah, like, they were outnumbered, I think, on a couple of islands, 20 to 1. Yeah. But I think that, um, you know, especially in places like America and England... Um, you know, and I think that it's probably too true for a lot of humans, but it just seems to have a real uh, sort of resonance amongst us is this idea that there's always got to be something better. And so, you know. Oh, we keep searching. Yeah. And I, Pursuing. Think, I think that, you know, part of it was, um, you know, this, it's funny because, you know, you talk about freedom, you know, that word freedom always gets bandied about and you know i think it's always interesting what people actually think freedom is versus what it actually is freedom from fear or freedom Um, to do something yourself yeah and um you know i you know i'm i'm a cynic obviously i think that a lot of brexit brexit comes down to simply xenophobia riled up by people who think they can make money off of it see see uh I thought the fishmongers had a good argument. Yeah, I, I, well, I, you know, I thought the way you did, and there are definitely, you know, there's definitely some, some, yep, those are, those some, are themes that were there. Some yeah. neo-Nazi types who are who are just for it because they they hate brown people or whatever. I mean, obviously that's that's true here in the United States too. We're full, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, but uh uh that James O'Brien guy, you know, he does a call-in show mm-hmm. and he's had a number of people call in who explain like why they voted for to leave or now like, you know, I thought it was going to be A and now that we're actually getting up to it, it's it's not that. And I'm like, well, then what's the point? Or, oh my God, I was so wrong or, you know, and, and a lot of people have changed it. And I would, I just want to, yeah. so the, the, I think for a lot of people, they voted for Brexit um, in the same reason that a lot of people Voted for Trump and regret it now, you know, the ones who haven't doubled down and go like, yeah, we're full MAGA Um, because they were like so frustrated by how poorly they felt 
heard uh, how, how how poorly represented they felt by their elect, ostensibly elected government. You don't and, think they were being pinched economically? Oh, and I think that too. Yeah. And that's definitely happening yeah. in the UK and 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 the UK has an even worse problem with with representation levels in 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 government. So uh, all of which is to say, Sue, you made that argument to me more than once on the show, and I poo pooed it, and I was wrong. So <laughs> Wait, what, what, what argument did I make? Sorry, I drifted just, off for a second. <laughs> just that uh, 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 there were people who were interested in Brexit not because they were racist trolls, yeah. and no, I, I was wrong. And I misspoke. I, I mean, those are the people who have stick, stuck with it, Oh, yeah, is what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Those are the people who have stuck some, with it. Is, there's more truth Because there was a lot of people who bought into things that were told that were straight up lies and those people i understand why they did it because they were literally lied to you know the bus that went around that said oh we'll get back a billion dollars 350 million pounds a week yeah for the national health service well if they crash out just a lie actually crash out they won't have to pay any of those penalties and actually they may get quite a bit of money a week (laughs) we'll make up for what happens but there's still a lot of money there'll be there'll be some advantage they won't have to pay like the uh the exit fee the, the divorce tax or whatever yeah. you want to call it yeah because yeah, they were pulled in but they're not going to have any UK. economic trade partners all of their economic trade deals are kaput yeah they're going to have to go back to square one and they're going to have uh tremendous problems with you know continuing trade with the european union and um uh you mentioned uh the no, you mentioned fishmongers, but like uh, there was yeah. a an interview with a greengrocer again that James O'Brien did, and the guy like you know he's a he buys fruits and veg vegetables for supermarkets in in London, and he's just like, you know, if if we stop having like a smooth border crossing with no customs checks from Dover to Calais, which is how most things get in mm-hmm. and out of the UK, uh, you know, to Europe, and it's like, well, then uh, we're gonna have you know delays maybe for a day or two, and when you've got like perishable fresh fruits yep. and vegetables it basically just means Say you, just, yeah. you just throw it out well if they close and the- and at this time of year it, you know there's a like britain a, a, like in the, the, the as it gets warmer yeah, yeah well the yeah. late winter early spring britain gets 90 percent of its fruit and vegetables from the continent because you yeah. know britain cold yeah. southern europe a lot yeah, yeah. nicer warmer. yeah um, yeah, so well, it'll yeah, get it's easier like, over the summer and then get hard again. Yeah. But when they were saying that we're going to close the border to Mexico, I think last week we were talking about three weeks for avocados. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. What about so, avocados? So the the estimate was that if if the Trump Republican the president re, uh, closed the border, oh, Republican president, okay. we would we would run out of avocados in three weeks, and I am not okay with that. <laughs> I need my guacamole. I like guacamole. <laughs> But it was I'm, sort of the uproar of the tofu curtain adventure, right? It's like, <laughs> whoa, we're, well, we're run out of avocados. Here in Northampton, we are well behind the tofu curtain. <laughs> well, you know, Indeed. people are starting to grow from my other show, Wild Kiwis here. And um, it's very interesting. They grow, I guess. And, Kiwis will grow here in Massachusetts? Yeah, certainly. Oh, yeah. And I've they're, seen them. And they're very invasive. And actually, once you start planting them, they're they're invasive. Oh, fun. Uh, yeah, isn't that oh, fun? That but sounds like a really great idea. But they're like, really tasty. But, you know, all that stuff that, you know, that Well, I know I, I bought of. a pineapple last year from... Uh, Somebody said they can grow them here if they yeah, have, like, from the, uh, hoop, hoop houses or something. Yeah, like. from the, um, you know, farm stand at the end of my road. They, they had pineapples. Who so, knew? you know. <laughs> I, I, I get the appeal of that. But just, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to, like, you know, branch out, maybe we should look at... Uh, uh, doing more with like native plants 
I don't well, know. You should talk to the permaculture people. They are right up your alley. In fact, this I mean, I don't know. For all I know, yeah. like every every fruit and vegetable that's native. I still to... want the pawpaws to come back. Well, well, I'm as trying. far as I know, they're everybody's all... trying. Yeah, I mean, and that's I've native. never had them. For all I know, they're all terrible. You know, they're like Indians. Oh, this is... Indians love them, and I just I take that to the bank. So they taste like custard, and they're a native plant. That's... Wait, they taste like custard? Yeah, pawpaws. Pawpaws. I love the name pawpaw. We need to, we and need they to, can't. And they yeah. can't make it to the grocery store because they're so. Goopy. No, the goopy, so they don't travel. So that's why they never were a commercial market. And oh. everybody ripped them out because they, um, they make a big mess. And oh, like the way meddlers uh, in, in Europe like have become sort of passe because like, they're basically only edible right before they just totally rot. Yeah. So, yeah. so oh. anyway, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm seeing the sign from above. <laughs> so we're going to take a short break here on civil politics, and we're going to play some PSAs, promos, station IDs, and other good stuff. Keep the FCC happy. Um, and then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Charlie. I fight fires and I save lives. My name's Renee. I'm a cardiologist. I save lives. My name's Anthony. I'm an EMT. I save lives. You don't have to be a professional to save a life. Firefighters, doctors, and others save lives. You can too. Don't wait. To learn more about the warning signs and how you can help prevent suicide, visit save.org. In a crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. Has anyone ever asked you, don't you have enough records? Adventure Rocket Ship is new and old. Indie pop, psych pop, post-punk, shoegaze, lots of chiming, jangly guitars and catchy melodies from both artists you know and obscure 7-inch singles from around the world. Adventure Rocket Ship, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11 p.m. on Valley Free Radio. I'm Rachel Maddow with the Pioneer Valley Planning Commission and the Franklin Regional Council of Governments for Valley Free Radio, reminding you that legally bicycles are vehicles and bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities and should observe the same rules as motorists. For more information on bicycle rights and safety, go to www.massbike.org. Classical music on Valley Free Radio. Tune in to Andy Musique. Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. for an hour of beautiful music to start your day. Hosted by Lucy and Larry. Fresh Sounds with your host, Ron Freshly. Tuesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WXOJLP. Bringing you the music of Bud Powell, Wardell Gray, Art Blakey, Duke Ellington, Abby Lincoln, Tad Dameron, Yusef Latif, Bix Beiderbeck, Cassandra Wilson, Tom Harrell, Jane Ira Bloom, and thousands more. It's important to make sure your family has a plan in case of an emergency. We talked to this family to see if each of them knew where to meet if they were not together when something happened. If a natural disaster happened and we were outside the home, we would all meet at the park. That's our meeting point. I meet with our neighbor's house because she is my mom's good friend. We all have a meeting spot, which is a bus stop. Is your plan any better? To learn more about making an emergency plan for your family, go to www.mass.gov slash MEMA. Brought to you by the Ready Massachusetts U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. VFR listeners, this is Bob Balo. I'm at the controls in the VFR studio every Monday morning from 6 till 9 a.m. I play music and I talk. And I give the time and temperature. Also, 
I drink a lot of coffee. Then I go home. But I faithfully return every Monday morning, 6 till 9 a.m., on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, Northampton. Nerd Night NoHo is proud to support Valley Free Radio, where a monthly speaker series featuring experts from the community talking about art, culture, and science. You can find us at noho.nerdnight.com. The Oblivion Express, old-school, free-form, eclectic radio programming every Thursday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. on Valley Free Radio. Since 1981, the Oblivion Express has been traveling the musical spaceways in the Valley, an eclectic mix of music from the 1940s to today and featuring just about every genre, rock, jazz, blues, world, folk, reggae, and so much more. Join me, DJ Funkadelic Fern, every Thursday morning on the Oblivion Express. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM. I'm Michael Dow. I'm still joined by Stacey Cooney manning the board uh, and switches and Sue Timberlake. Masterfully, I must say. She's <laughs> masterful. And uh, we're still talking about uh, uh, the phenomenon that is Brexit or... Uh, Brexit. Brexit or the the uh, sort of dissolution or collapse of the functioning of the British government. Pretty much. You know. Um, yeah, they've I had mean, a many, many, many votes of all variations, yeah. and there's no consensus on any the, and one it's been component. An, it's been unprecedented historical defeats. Yeah. Two and, in a row. Yeah. And and uh, they've reached the point where, you know, you know because of precedents going back to the, the early 17th century. Do you think they'll shut down their government? Just kidding. I, I don't. I'm being no. sarcastic okay. about how they compare to us. <laughs> I don't think they'd ever do that. They can't, can they? Do well, I mean, May can they, they dissolve a, the parliament. Yeah, but, but she, she can call get, elections. But the money doesn't stop paying people's salaries, right? Uh, like we, it works differently in the UK because they don't have divided uh, uh, sovereignty within the within the government. Uh, Theresa May, as prime minister, she's the head of the uh, the House of Commons, the Assembly, and she's also head of government. She's also the chief executive. So. In theory, anyways, when you have uh, a control of parliament, your party has has the majority votes, what you say goes. And so if you vote for we're going to do X, Y, or Z, the money's sort of automatically appropriated because like you're, you know, Congress yeah. and, and, you know, Congress and the executive are merged in that respect. So, yeah. um, so they won't have the same kind of issue. But uh, the you. This situation is extraordinary. I mean, I suppose it's possible you could because because it go uh, under the WTO rules, right? Well, they bail well, out so of so right at the EU, moment, I think right at WTO. right at the moment, Theresa May is meeting with Jeremy Corbyn, who's the leader of the Labour Party, which is the largest opposition Isn't party. He is a strange little fellow. He is a <laughs> weird dude. It's true. I I I I don't know what the heck his deal is, but I am less and less impressed with him every day. Um, you know, this is an enormous opportunity to, like, really make a difference for Britain. And he basically is like, well, I, you know, a lot of my, a lot of labor people hate leaving, but uh, I don't know. So, yeah, yeah it's, you know. And, Sam Rayburn once said, um, any jackass can knock down a barn. It takes a carpenter to build one. 
and it's sort of like there's there's nobody there that seems to be able to stitch this together in any Je- way. Jeremy, or maybe it's not. Jeremy Google. Corbyn makes me think of like the uh, the uh, early in the the the. the the divine comedy in the uh, inferno part like the uh, like before he actually gets into hell uh there's like this whole swath of spirits that are sort of endlessly rushing around outside the gates because they, there wasn't anything particularly they didn't do anything any one thing that was particularly evil but they just weren't very oh, limbo. good they were <laughs> yeah. not not limbo they, but they were they were they're like just... they're in a, they're damned but like they're damned for just being kind of meh non-entities <laughs> who didn't really stand up for anything good who didn't make any kind of positive decision and thus sort of wound up uh, uh, acceding to evil and jeremy corbyn totally could think of him as one of those see <laughs> as someone who party, grew right? up watching yes minister and yes prime minister uh-huh. i wonder where is the sassy civil servant <laughs> to put some backbone in these people <laughs> That's what I want to know. Well, who was the fellow? He's like, he runs the parliament. Who The speaker, John Burkow. Yeah, he wouldn't yeah. allow the third vote or the second right. vote. Because he's like, you've already voted on this twice. This because the precedent going is, back to, yeah. I think, 1608 is like, nope, nope. Yeah. You can't have the same thing come up more than once in the same parliament. And at first yep. I sort of faulted him for it. And then I realized what he was trying to do is push them to do the work they needed to do. Right, right. Yeah, and... Well, and and to it's it's a way to prevent tyranny because it's like, well, you know, we're going to just keep keep government ground to a halt until you agree to vote take yes. Take these votes on Obamacare until you cannot right. vote and, on it anymore. Yeah, uh, right. you know, <laughs> and you, you're going to have to do what we want, and be, otherwise we're going to keep the, making you make the same vote over and over. Benghazi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making your arguments. No, for I you, mean but... it's it it it's an apt it's an apt. It's parallel. hard to watch a government do that just become non-functional well or no, not able to to get to yes nobody nobody in in <laughs> in the british parliament seems to be doing the work of trying to build any kind of consensus or lay out a clear agenda i mean that's one of the reasons why i think labor's a disappointment is because they aren't saying well you know uh tories want us to leave we want to stay or this is specifically what we want they don't really have a clear agenda there are a lot of people who are labor sympathizers, if not actual members, who are like, yeah, we'd like to have a new national referendum to really try and work this out and, and sort of, you know, continue the process. And they had a march a couple of weeks ago now? Yeah. Um, at, end of Mar- at the end of March, they had a march. Uh, like uh, like oh, s- several hundred thousand people descended upon London to, like, protest in favor of having another people's vote. And... Uh, one of the refrains was, where's Jeremy Corbyn? Because he did yep. not come and speak to that crowd. He, yep. he did not step up to that moment. And I think he's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, Labour could get the SNP together with them. There's some other people that they, they could the get. To do it. But they just, yeah. exactly, they just, they just don't seem to be able to. I mean, Theresa May is just historically a failure. Yeah. I mean... There is no reason why she should still be prime minister. Especially the way British government has worked. Exactly. It's it's just, it's like watching a train see, wreck I've, in slow see, motion. See, I feel like she's standing alone in the wind saying, come on, guys, do your job. No. 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 That's my perspective. I, no, so. I, I mean, I, I, I wish it were like that. Yeah, because that's my but she, perspective she, on she, it. She's not Barack Obama facing historic... Uh, uh, stonewalling from Mitch McConnell and 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 no, but Paul she's Ryan. trying to honor the vote. 
Uh, is she though? Yeah. No, but I mean seriously, is she? Because yeah, because no, 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 that piece that you showed me, the the yeah, 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 it was quite wonderful about why the the customs union and all that. Yeah, it's it's not what the voters voted for. It's very interesting when you really they laid it out very carefully, and I I found that sort of fascinating. Well, and so I I find her to be the closest to what people actually voted for. So, I but that's guess. my perspective. Well, the, the, even oh. if they didn't know what they were voting for, they've changed their minds. I'll I think let, it's yeah, I ahead. think it's the you know I mean it's just obstreperous. It's obstreperous. Obstreperous. It's I've, not principled and backboned. No, it's just. I think that she just doesn't see any other way to move. That's the difference, is that she has, you know, hoisted herself on this petard and we'll she doesn't know. We'll fight them on the beaches. We'll yeah. fight them on the... She is no Winston Churchill. No, she isn't. Or Margaret Thatcher. For, for, for better and for worse. <laughs> yeah, but... the Iron Lady. <laughs> She's not even a Neville Chamberlain. No. Like, like, Neville Chamberlain gets a bad rap for 1938, but one of the reasons why... He made a he made a crappy peace you know peace deal with 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 Hitler in 1938. He's trying yep. to keep the peace. Yes, that, that's certainly a concern. And you know, 30 years after, or 20 years after World War One ended, people were like, "Hey, let's not do that again." But also, the 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 British, you know, the 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 navy and the army had told them like, "Yeah, we're not ready for a war right now. Yeah. We need to spend yeah. some time rebuilding and rearming and gearing up for a war." And so. Chamberlain gave the orders to do that. Delay. I mean, one yep. of the reasons why Churchill, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, Had things went army. horribly wrong, but but Churchill would Churchill agreed with the idea of like, yeah, we got to stall. Yeah, because yeah, he was Secretary of the Navy at the time, wasn't he? No, uh, he was. No, out. I don't think he was at the time, but he had been like Lord of the Admiralty, Lord of the Admiralty, and I knew it was something, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, he at least out, but they he dragged knew, him back. He he, in. he, he had he was he was an influential figure in the British, you know. So you don't Military. like the image of her standing up there like Dagny Taggart trying to restore the railroad, huh? Sorry. No. <laughs> I don't... Um, sure, because <laughs> an equally ridiculous figure. Absolutely. Please continue that analogy. For our listeners at home. <laughs> yeah, I, I, since I haven't read that book, I don't really know how to comment yeah, on that. Yeah, anyway. Um, so I guess my she doesn't have any Reardon steel. That's the problem. She does that not have Reardon yeah. steel, and we're referring to um, Atlas uh, the, Shrugged. And yeah. the and I've the heard whole, of the book, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. the um, the. Uh, I would just like to movement. make clear that I have not actually bothered to read them. I just know a lot about them. I see. I've read them many times, so that doesn't mean my memory is as good as yours. So, yeah. you guys. So. Um, anyway, so, yeah, what an interesting dilemma. I mean, do you guys have predictions about what you think will happen here, given what you know about how people behave? I think it depends on if they do a second vote. You mean, like, to stay in or to go out of the... Yeah. So to actually have a referendum. Another again. referendum. So if they have another referendum, that's going to change the whole situation. I mean, what there was, what, 115 thousand signatures on a petition or something can't more remember. than half a million more than half a million uh, i knew it was yeah. a lot yeah and you know like on it's, a petition. A, it's a petition website run by parliament right and the idea is like if you get over i think it was fifty thousand, but maybe it's a hundred thousand but anyway if you get more than x signatures it's something that like formally is like brought to the attention of you know the speaker of parliament or the, the of the house of commons or something like that it's something where like they have so to they let the proletariat have a right they they, they, they may not actually do anything with it but they are formally required to at least look at it, it and yeah. consider if they're going to like 
bring some kind of measure to the floor. The Obama administration are, had that as we the people. You could do that. But, yeah, you know, on, on the White again, House website, they also, yeah. you know, ignored what they wanted to ignore as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, and those things are always self-selecting. I mean, that's the other part of it. Exactly. It's not really. A, well, you know. and, and I think part of part of why uh, part of the reason why I think uh, uh, the British government is so paralyzed is because. You don't have like a separate executive to sort of exactly. give direction and push things along. Like the, the chief executive is the head of a party. And Theresa May doesn't have a majority. Yep, that's right. She held that vote when she shouldn't have, but right. she thought yep. she was going to get more well, seats. She, she, had his, she had at that time one of the best popularity ratings for, of any prime minister. So she called for a snap election. And by yep. the time it actually happened six weeks later, <laughs> she, she, yeah. she, she had a slim seats. majority and she lost that slim majority. Yeah. And only by the, the, the very conservative right-wing Democratic Ulster Party Yep. Um, the Northern Irish. The Northern Irish. She was saved by yeah. the Northern Irish. Right. So, like, there's six or eight people are, are, are have, have joined with her. But they have very, you know, restrictions on what they want. And if she doesn't have them along with her, it doesn't matter if she if she keeps her whole party with her or not. And she's been having problems keeping the whole party together. Like, like the whole sort of way that the, their political system works involves, you know, strict party discipline. And it's yeah. been falling apart. Right. And so, I think that... Oh. Well, I was just going to ask another dumb question, being not a historian, especially of... Can I make a point to that first, though? Please. Then, um, I think that one of the huge, huge issues is, of course, the Good Friday Accords and the issue with Ireland and Northern Ireland. And that's a huge sticking point that she doesn't have a good answer to. And I think that that's why she... Give Northern Ireland to Ireland, draw the line in the water. But... Yes, but that's not <laughs> that's not a viable solution well, as far as someone who is ostensibly the prime minister of the United Kingdom. Yeah. That's saying, oh, well, we're just going to give up Northern Ireland. Yeah. That's not a position that she wants to take. No, no one's even advocated that. But I mean, that's kind of the only way to get the kind of, you know, real Brexit where like the, the uh, UK is just. You know, Great Britain is just doing its own thing apart from the European Union would require that. And right. the, the DUP... And the Catholics in Northern Ireland would be ecstatic. Yeah, some of them anyways. But uh, the, the DUP, her coalition partners are like, absolutely, like Northern Ireland cannot be treated differently from the rest of, of, of the UK. So we have to, you know, whatever the conditions are in Northern Ireland, they have to be the same for uh, England, Scotland, and Wales. But in order to do that, you basically wind up still in the customs union. You wind up still basically being part of the European Union. And, exactly. And, and I so think they that go that's around the, and around and around. They're called that's, a that's the huge loop. issue that, you know, she doesn't have a way forward. Yeah. And so since she doesn't have a way forward, she's just stuck. So here's a question. This so, is my so, ignorance. Well, actually, here's a question for you. Because you do you you have a lot of experience with like working with like tech support and computer programming and things and like that. And organizations that are stuck. Right. So how do you do the equivalent of turning it off and turning it back on again? Because <laughs> that's really, they're, they're caught in a logic loop. Oh, no, I and, saw and, a blue the, screen on Yeah, that. and they're blue screen of deathing. So, like, how do you fix that when it's not a, a machine you can well, turn off? you don't off do what they did again. with the Boeing airplane, because did you hear they turned it off and it wouldn't stay off and that they had to... Oh, the... Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The procedures from Boeing yeah. actually yeah, didn't yeah. work. Yeah. Democracy Now! was talking about that earlier today, and it's, yeah. it's heartbreaking. Because the, uh, the, the way, the, the, the additional features and systems that would have allowed them to, to save the plane 
were optional. And, you know, because the uh, people who the, the airline that bought the airlines that bought the plane were like, you don't need them. They're just optional. They're bells and whistles. And they're like, well, you know, we'd rather save, you know, two hundred thousand dollars a plane and not have the bells okay. and whistles. Whatever. We'll be fine. I'm waiting for them to blame the pilots again because it's Indonesia. And I forget what was the other country. Ethiopia. Egypt? Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Yeah. They'll blame the pilots that they didn't know what they were doing. So here's the dumb question. Okay. Um. So is there anything that the Queen and the royal family could do that's in the old organization of how the government works? I know she's a figurehead, but there's still things she has to sign off on. Uh, right? There's, there's... She's she's a figurehead. I mean... but well, she, let, let, Actually, let me point out, this is one of the reasons... Because they are anointed at well, some point th- or something. This is one of the reasons why this situation is so fascinating. Because you talked about how... Like, you know, are they going to have a government shutdown the way we we have, you know, and and because they don't have the same appropriations process? No, they're not. But in theory, technically speaking, every act of parliament is doesn't actually take effect until the queen signs off on it. Now, it's entirely a formal assent, but they do actually bring her pieces of paper that she signs. Signs the warrant. She signs the warrant. Yeah. And and. You know the the a lot of cities and towns are like that with their selection. Sure, and like the, the 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 law is unclear on this, but uh, because it's never come up. But ever since they went to the the current sort of, they have a prime minister and you know parliamentary system that they currently have. Um, and the prime, the prime minister... minister has always been the head of a party that controlled parliament. So they've always been like like a majority of of parliament voted for this, and so signed it, and the queen has. So. What's happening now is because things are breaking down in party discipline, it's conceivable that some kind of vote could go through Parliament. And the Queen wouldn't sign it. That the, that the Prime Minister says, don't sign this. I think it's a bad idea. And then the Queen would have to choose whether to heed the will of a majority of Parliament or her Prime Minister. Yeah. And doesn't she... You know, she... Like, like, in theory, that in would theory. be in her discretion. It's the thing is, it's been inconceivable until now. It would, right. be, it would yeah. be like, you know, well, you know, this didn't pass either the House or the Senate, but do you want to sign it anyways, Mr. President? Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> which could <laughs> That's happen. That's not how there. that works. <laughs> yeah, but couldn't ha- Well, I just remember a point where she, the Prime Minister, Tony Blair or David Cameron, somebody had to go do their meeting where they get the anointment or something. There's some... You, there's a there's formal steps. meeting with yeah. the queen and there's so forth. There's some yeah. steps and stuff, so I just... And the queen to... will invite you to form a government and whatnot. Yeah. They're... they're uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. In theory, the queen could, it could, could dissolve parliament. I mean, there's all kinds of old powers and laws the queen could exercise, but, you know, they're not going to uh, because... it would make a bigger mess. It would make a bigger mess. It yeah. would absolutely make a bigger mess. Um... And part of the way that the royal family maintains its its prestige and 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 what influence it has, it's because it doesn't get down in the in the gutter with everybody. Right, they are above it all. They are a figurehead representing all of Britain, for better or for worse. And but so I don't know. But yeah, you know, like there are things that that they could do. I guess I guess I don't know if Stacy has a prediction, but I honestly don't because in the end. Like, the obvious thing to do, I, I don't know if they have time to call another referendum before they'd have to, before they're out one way or the other. But the obvious Next thing... Next Friday? Right. Well, even <laughs> even if it gets delayed into early June, I don't I don't know that they have time. Late June. Whatever. I don't know that they have time to, to, to get a national vote together and do it. But... Um, and then it comes out the same, and then, oh my God. <laughs> or, 
Because the thing is, they, they'd they have to sort of have multiple choice. Do you want to vote exit like this or like that? Do you want to stay? Oh, about the exit rather than just going or staying. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, like what, you know, one of the reasons why Theresa May has been a terrible prime minister is she's been delivering such gems as... Your opinion. As, no. I, I, think, I think it's a fact. Yes. She's been a terrible prime minister. I like, disagree. Anyone who suffered like the worst histor- worst defeat of any any prime minister in a vote in, in Commons in the history of Britain, yes, in the history know, of Britain, is 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 doing a crappy job. And the reason why is like, okay, so there's this big mandate saying like, yes, we will leave the European Union. It's like, okay, well, what do we do? How does that? What does that mean exactly? How are we going to do this? And she's been offering up such gems as Brexit means Brexit. Okay, but like we just said, what the heck is Brexit? And she says Brexit is Brexit. You know, so we have to get out of the union. The the, the Gost Act distims the doshas. Well, what does that mean? You know, it, none none of it means anything until and and part of the, the 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 central job of the leader at this point in time of the British government would be to clearly define this is what this is going to mean and this is how we're going to do it. And she has not done that. Well, she does. She has a plan. It's just nobody likes it. Just for she, just for the yeah. historical point of order, the last time a uh, monarch vetoed something it was queen anne who vetoed (laughs) the scottish military act of 1707 why did she veto it because it was the scottish military (laughs) act no i I don't know it had something to do with squabbles in uh the parliament between uh the earl of the uh between uh the uh uh Actually, what was his name? Uh, George Churchill, the the first Duke of Marlborough, who won the Battle oh, of Blenheim, and yeah. you know the major figure. It's all the the fall off from the War of Spanish Succession, fighting with yeah. Louis the Fourteenth, the Sun King, uh, and and trying to thwart his efforts to uh, to uh, sort of exert French political dominance over all of Western Europe. So she. So that's she, how long ago we're talking. She <laughs> vetoed it because she was worried that the militia that would be formed by it would not be loyal to her. Oh right, they, they, <laughs> yes. that they would be Jacobites. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's how long ago we're, we're talking. Like 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 worrying about Jacobites being bankrolled <laughs> by the Sun King. Well, anyway, it still happened. <clears throat> but that's a veto and not a positive action. So right. So <laughs> that's wow. what we talked about. <laughs> yeah, well, we we do have to. Wrap, well, I mean, it's it's a fascinating subject. Uh, uh, we'll know next week. We'll know more next week. I honestly can't. Like, it's like they need to fish or cut bait, and they don't know how to do that. And I don't know. I don't know what they'll do. They're just they're just stuck. So, uh, Stacy, do you have a prediction before we go? Oh, I got nothing. Yeah, that, nobody does. That's I think part they're of, gonna crash out. That's sort of what they're what they're backing into because they've got nothing going on. So that's the default. We'll see next to next Friday. Yep. I'll um, I'll th- I'll try and throw some clips of of Jer- uh, James Corbin's show that I really uh James O'Brien's show that I really like because he's got some good observations that I think will be help you think about that if you're interested. Anyway, uh, the music is playing uh, and the next DJ is in the the ante room, so uh, we're gonna wrap up tonight here on Civil Politics. Uh, coming up next is Subculture, our best music program in my humble opinion. Followed by uh, Table of Contents, which is also pretty darn good, and OK Asia. Uh, at Fantastic. Mid- <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's only music from all of Asia, so some of it's got to be good, right? <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> what? The most populous continent on the planet ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, there is going to be a podcast of this on Google, Spotify, Stitcher, etc., etc. later this week. 
And uh, we do have a rerun on Mondays at 4, so you can tune into us again. And uh, that's going to do it for tonight. So thanks for listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. We'll be back next week. Good night. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.